0: Hello, and welcome to the Healthy, Happy, and Mostly Sane Entrepreneur. I'm your host, stress management consultant and coach, and Mostly Sane Entrepreneur, Ellen Leonard. Each week, I share my obsession with figuring out how to prioritize your own health and sanity while running a business, because I don't think you have to sacrifice your own health and well-being to be successful. So please stay tuned for today's episode full of actionable tools And don't forget to hit subscribe to be sure you don't miss out on future episodes. Hey there, welcome to episode number 11, six myths about self-compassion that are limiting you. There are so many misconceptions, misperceptions, myths about self-compassion, about basically being nicer to yourself that have been shown by science to be completely false. And what's even more annoying is that These beliefs about self-compassion, about being nicer to yourself are holding you back. They are limiting you. And so in this episode, you will learn number one, six misconceptions about self-compassion. Number two, how to think about them differently so that you can use self-compassion as the valuable tool that it is. And number three, action steps to help you clarify your own beliefs about self-compassion, what's limiting you and holding you back, and what to do about it. So I hope you were able to tune in to podcast number 10, where we got into the basics of self-compassion. Please be sure to check that out if you haven't already. But self-compassion is an incredibly powerful tool that can not only reduce that annoying self-talk that's going on inside your head and making you a little crazy, but it's been scientifically proven to help you with awesome stuff, like being better able to bounce back after intense emotions, Removing your limiting beliefs that are holding you back and leading to inaction, helping you to be more likely to take action to move forward, all while decreasing anxiety and possibly helping with depression. Also, special bonuses science says that if I have higher levels of self compassion, then I'm more likely to experience boring and useful things like wisdom, happiness, curiosity, optimism. Oh, Did I say boring and useless? (laughs) I meant awesome and awesomer. Don't forget that this is part of a six-part series. Yes, six parts, because that's how freaking important and useful this is. If you can get a handle on using self-compassion as a tool, as a resource you will be shocked at what it'll open up for you at how limiting your being and your thoughts and your actions before. And what's possible without this negative self talk without being too judgmental of yourself without being too hard on yourself. What is possible without all of that? Well, we're going to get into a little bit of that today. So let's dive right in to misconceptions, misperceptions, myths, and basically all of the BS reasons people don't think it's okay to be nice to yourself. OMG, people, we have got some serious issues about being nice to ourselves, about being kind to ourselves. And when you think about it, it's totally crazy. Why is this so hard? You're totally capable of being nice to other people. Why isn't it a priority to be nice to ourselves too. Let's get into how wrong we are about why we shouldn't be self-compassionate. <laughs> Let's dive into our first false assumption about self-compassion. Self-compassion is selfish. I hear this from so many clients. And it's probably the most common misperception. And it turns out to be total crap. I love this quote from Kristen Neff. She is an expert in the study of self-compassion because she just narrows it down so easily to tell you why self-compassion isn't selfish. I mean, there are lots of reasons and lots of science behind why it isn't selfish, but this is one of my favorite reasons. Neff states, quote, think about the times you've been lost in the throes of self-criticism. Are you self-focused or other focused in that moment? Do you have more or fewer resources to give to others? Unquote. So I'm going to state that again, just because it's so stinking powerful. So she asks us, think about the times you've been lost in the throes of self criticism. Are you self focused or other focused in that moment? Do you have more or fewer resources to give to others? Unquote. So think about that for a second. I think that's such a cool concept. When I'm busy being mean to myself inside my head or being mean to myself in general, when I'm not engaging in self-compassion, I'm not able to be there for other people, which is the definition of being selfish, right? So I am being selfish in my own negative thoughts about myself. I'm being selfish by choosing to engage in those negative thoughts of myself and getting lost in that. And think about this, how much time and energy have you lost to those negative thoughts? I just think it's such a powerful thing to consider. We're going to move on to the next myth. The next false assumption we make about self-compassion is that self-compassion is all about feeling sorry for yourself. It's basically this idea that if I'm being nice to myself, then I'm not being hard enough on myself for all the stuff that I'm doing wrong. I'm taking pity on myself. And can you tell that I think that that's total crap? Because what science actually has found is that people who are self compassionate or are compassionate in general are actually better able to acknowledge the things that are going wrong in their life, the things that they're doing poorly, the things that just suck. They're able to notice the bad stuff and then they're more willing to accept it and figure out what to do next. They're noticing, they're accepting, they're being kind and compassionate to themselves about it, they're forgiving themselves. And they're able to move on instead of that becoming the story. Noticing what's going on with yourself and in your life and accepting it is not self-pity. It's a strength. It's an ability to see things plainly and to make a conscious choice not to let that story become the story, not to let that negative self-talk or those self-fulfilling prophecies become true. Instead, you say, this is what's up, and this is what I'm going to do about it. All because you're willing to give yourself kindness, compassion around things that are causing suffering, around things that you might not be doing well, around straight up failure. How are you being kind to yourself? It's not pity. The next false assumption, the next myth, misconception, misperception, whatever you want to call it is that self-compassion means that I have to be nice all of the time. And this one cracks me up. Can you imagine a world in which I had to be nice all the time? That would not go well. Self-compassion is about being nice to yourself in that moment, or nicer, right? Maybe you are being self-critical, You're noticing what's going on with you, but you're not being judgmental. You're using constructive criticism to notice the faults, notice the things that are going on, and decide what to do with them. But you're just being a little kinder about it. You're just being a little nicer about it as opposed to being cruel about it as opposed to being negative about it. You're still acknowledging the thoughts and feelings that you're experiencing. You're still grounded in reality. And maybe you did do something wrong. Or maybe you could have done something better. But then you are choosing to be kind to yourself about that. So that you can move on and get other things done, right? So that this doesn't become what you're obsessed about. It doesn't become what your whole day is about. It doesn't become what your whole week is about. So absolutely, we need to be realistic about what's going on in our lives and the realities of the things that we're doing right and the many things that we're doing wrong. What self-compassion offers is an opportunity to not get lost in that inside the negative of self-judgment, inside the negative of isolation, inside the negative of making your story about only the narrative of telling yourself the things that are going wrong. So is it self-indulgent to want to be kind to yourself? Absolutely not. I think it's essential to want to be kind to yourself because how else are you going to move on and get stuff done? How else are you going to figure out what's next? How are you going to take something that sucks, something that's hard, something that's challenging when you are suffering, when you have failed, and still move forward if you're not being a little bit nice to yourself, if you're not taking a moment and having a little compassion for yourself? This next false assumption, this next misperception, myth, misconception, whatever you want to call it, is that self compassion makes you weak. that it's a weakness. Really? I mean, that just sounds so false to me. That rings so false, because I would argue that self-compassion takes strength. It's hard to be nice to yourself sometimes. It's hard to be kind and understanding when you fail, when you make mistakes. It's hard to forgive yourself when you do something awful that you wish you hadn't done. It's hard to see your your failures clearly and to learn from them and then move on. Because failing sucks. Failing is hard. Suffering sucks. uh, Suffering is hard too. And I think that pretending it's not hard, that all this stuff that we go through isn't hard, is a weakness. I think that we do ourselves a disservice we pretend that things aren't challenging. I'm lucky enough to own a local business to business stress management consulting business, which basically means I go into businesses and help employees figure out how to manage their stress. And about a year ago, I'd finally gotten in the door of a client that could potentially be huge for me. It could have opened me up to a national market. I was so excited. I worked so hard on my presentation. I went in there. I had every answer. I was confident. I was excited. And I gave it my best shot. And they didn't hire me. And it would have been so easy for me to say things like, OMG, I totally suck. I can't believe I even tried. Of course they didn't hire me. I have no idea what I'm doing. It's just a stupid idea anyway. Those thoughts are a weakness. Those thoughts are a straight up weakness. They are not helping me be better. They are not helping me improve. They are not doing anything good for me. Why were they in my head? Those thoughts hold me back. Those thoughts limit me. Instead, after a few moments of those thoughts, I chose to be strong and self-compassionate. I recognize that trying to sell stuff to people is really freaking hard. I'm gonna fail. I'm not perfect. That's okay. It sucks, but it's okay. And it's the only way I'm going to grow and evolve. It's the only way I'm going to keep going. If I learn, then I keep getting to try again and again. And getting back up after you fail, getting back in the game, that's a strength. And self-compassion, that's a strength that's going to help me get there when I'm using it as a tool to help me stay on track, to help me stay focused, to help me stay in the game. And this is a perfect time to roll into the next false assumption or myth, misperception, misconception about self-compassion is that it's a way for me to make excuses for my many failures. And this is the super fun idea that when you're being kind to yourself, it's just a way of excusing something that you've done wrong. And that's just not true. You need to be able to notice your mistakes. Admit that you've made them. (laughs) Look at them realistic before you can move on before they can be something that you've learned from and grown from. In the example I gave just a moment ago, if I'd gone into the negative self-talk spiral of how much I sucked after failing that sale, after failing to get that client, what would that have done for me? I'm not excusing my failure. I noticed it and I updated everything. I learned from it. I grew from it. You can't do that if you aren't being self compassionate, you can't move on and grow if you aren't being kind to yourself. You've got to take responsibility for your actions. And self compassion will help you do that. So you're not making excuses. You're pausing, you're noticing, you're being kind to yourself about the mistakes that you make about the suffering that you're going through, you're acknowledging it, and you're moving on. You're learning from your failures. And then you're growing and you're evolving. Again, self compassion is such a valuable tool to get more of what you want to keep moving forward. And the last false assumption misconception myth is that self compassion decreases your motivation. And this is such an interesting mindset. This idea that if I'm nice to myself, if I'm self-compassionate, that I will lose my motivation, that I won't be as motivated to get stuff done because I'm being nice to myself. And I'd like to challenge you to consider the following idea. That when you know that you are gonna be nicer to yourself, you've used self-compassion before, you're more confident in using it as a tool, that you're not as afraid of failure. Because you know when you fail, you are going to be able to get up and try again. Because the last time you failed, you did exactly that. The last time you failed, you saw what you had done. And instead of getting lost in that negative self talk, that negative spiral, you chose to be kind to yourself. You chose to be compassionate. You use that to get back on your feet. When you are willing to be more open, more vulnerable, going to try more things because you failed before and you were nice to yourself about it and you came back from it. You did not like it, but you were nice to yourself about it. And because of that, you're able to come back. When we come back from failure, we're less afraid and more likely to persist moving forward, right? If you fail at something and are just being horrible to yourself about it, are you really going to try again If the lesson you learn that when you fail is that all you do is suck, that everything you do is wrong, and then you stop, if that's the lesson you learn from failure, you're going to stop trying, you're going to stop evolving, you're going to stop doing more, and that's going to hold you back. When you are self compassionate, you're going to try again, you're going to be motivated to keep moving forward. When we fail, And we see that we're able to try again. We see that we're able to be kind to ourselves. We can keep coming back again and again and trying and doing more. And that will motivate us, that will inspire us. It doesn't undermine our motivation at all. It inspires us. Self compassion can keep us moving forward. So let's take a minute and review what we've covered because we covered a lot. Number one, self-compassion is not selfish. Number two, self-compassion is not about feeling sorry for myself. Number three, self-compassion does not mean I have to be nice all the time. Good thing, right? Number four, self-compassion is a strength, not a weakness. Number five, self-compassion asks me to notice my failures and suffering. Number six, self-compassion keeps me motivated and moving forward. And so hopefully you kind of see some of the ways in which being a little more self-compassionate can be valuable to you and how that could impact how you're approaching things in your everyday life, from how you're parenting to how you're struggling with your health and wellness. Like for example, if you eat an entire pizza when you're on a diet, doesn't become then the whole thing that you're thinking about that week and derail your entire diet, right? You have a little self compassion, you understand that pizza is awesome. And you move on, you bounce back. It becomes an opportunity for self compassion, so that you can try again and keep going. And when you're parenting, if you accidentally yell at your kid, because you're tired, that doesn't have to become the story of your week. It becomes maybe something like, oh, I really didn't like it when I did that. But I'm going to be kind to myself and I can move on from that. And within your business, OMG, consider how important it is to be able to keep going when things suck, when you fail, when you are suffering, because it is hard when other stuff in your life isn't going the way that you wanted. How can you leverage self-compassion to keep going? And as always, we're going to close with some action steps. This week, number one, what are your misconceptions about self-compassion? So as I was going through all of these, I'm guessing something really resonated with you and you were thinking, oh, I never thought about it that way. Or, oh, I totally think like that. Why do I think like that? So I'd encourage you to go to the show notes and review each of the six myths that we discuss today and consider what your misconceptions are what the things you think about self-compassion that are false number 2 how are those misconceptions holding you back how are those thoughts limiting you number 3 what would be possible if you were more self-compassionate right what would you be able to do that you can't do now if you were just a little bit nicer to yourself? So three questions to consider for your action steps. And please remember that everything I just talked about is based in science. They have done studies on the things that we believe about self-compassion and prove them to be false, which I think is amazing. What an amazing way to study how humans think is to look at, how and why we're nice to ourselves, and our limiting beliefs around being nicer to ourselves. And I know this was a lot for you to consider today. As always, there's a link in the show notes to hook you up with detailed notes and additional resources, including the citations for what I discussed today and some of my favorite resources for self-compassion. So you can click on that link or head on over to www.ellen-leonard.com backslash podcast. That's E-L-L-E-N dash dot com backslash podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes, especially in this amazing six-part series on self-compassion full of actionable tips to help you do what you love without sacrificing your health or losing your mind. Thanks so much for listening. I wish you a healthy, happy, and mostly sane week.